welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. And uh, do we have a story for you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, this recording has been delayed for a while because we were convinced someone was trying to kill us. Yes. As it turns out, it was just our landlord who is not the killing type, unlike no. a lot of landlords. Um, yeah, he was just checking in on us, and we were convinced the person knocking at our door. Okay. we First of all, we live in New York. We live in New York City. Yeah. And so when someone knocks on your door and you're not sure who it is... You don't answer it. You don't answer no, it. No, you don't. Especially when they knock and they don't say anything, which that's what happened. They yes. knocked several times... They said nothing. And we and when this is happening, we are just standing in the living, living room, like, motioning to each other. Because you can't really move because the walls are so thin. And they might hear and think you're there. Right. So we didn't say anything because we're like, wait a minute. It's past delivery package time. Yeah. We didn't order any food to yeah. be delivered. Um, it's pitch black out and a blizzard at the same time that's happening in New York. And... There's a knock at the door again. Yes. And you can hear shuffling of feet and nothing. It's a silence. And it just, it was just so perplexing and scary. I get up off the couch and walk in front of the door and you can sense someone waiting on the other side. And we don't have a people. So we, don't we have just have to rely entirely <laughs> on sense. On sense. I'm living, I'm a born and bred New Yorker and you do not, I was like, no. No, I'm not opening the door. I don't have, we don't have a chain. We just have a bolt. So we can't like peep through in any way. Yeah. And, and finally, after three knocks, three knocks, this person walks away and then down down the stairs and out the building. That's what we heard. Yeah. And my phone was on airplane mode because I thought we were going to record and I turned it off airplane mode and it was in fact our very, very nice landlord, John, shout out to John. (laughs) Thanks, John. Sorry, John. And he was no, just... No, not sorry, John. You scared the shit out of us. I, he meant so well. He texted and knocked. Um, he uh, could uh, have said something. He could have said something. Hey, it's John, not a murderer. Yeah. But it was a good several minutes of just someone outside your door not saying who they are knocking on the door. Yeah. And it was in New York City. So just... Anything could have happened. <laughs> Someone dragged our bodies through a bloody snow-filled street and no one would have known because no one's out there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We are uh, not a true crime podcast sometimes. No. We we are just true crime people. Um, Yeah, we're... uh, So that just happened. I am very sweaty, but we're still going to record and record a podcast that's for... People who love weird shit and something weird just happened, so we had to talk about it. We had to. (laughs) Oh, my God. Luckily today, this episode is just about animals. We're just going to talk about animals today. Love animals. Uh, One is terrifying. I have to admit it. Uh, You know, a different kind of terrifying than we just went through. And another is just as charming as fuck. Ah. Just as charming. Yay. In betweeny. Zero twenty-one, six-foot baby shark cannibals and a chimp conga line that sheds light on our evolution. I love this. Is it weird that I think both of those subjects are charming as fuck? I, I, I mean, baby shark. Come who, on. Who doesn't want to? Who doesn't want to 
love you with your baby shark. I know. I love you, baby shark. <laughs> Who doesn't want to? Yeah, I know. Um, see a baby shark. Uh, let's get into it. It's it, it is a different kind of shark that we're used to. It's really scary. So, okay. okay. <laughs> so, uh, before we break into chimps getting their groove on, etc. Uh, let's talk about history's largest known predator. How does that sound? Let's do it. Uh, it is my honor and privilege to introduce a shark called the Megalodon. Fuck yeah. Now, <laughs> I'm Fuck sure... Fuck yeah, Megalodon. That's right. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard of this shark at some point, and I do believe... I kind of... I couldn't hold the subject in... You know, for too long, so I had oh, to tell no. you she, that she teased I, me. I, yeah, that I told you about the shark, and you, uh, you said there was a movie about it at some point. Yes, I saw a whole movie poster about it. Um, <laughs> I believe there was a movie called The Meg. Yes, and I now know that is short for Megalodon, and not a uh, teenager in a movie drama named Megan. Yeah. It um, or which, about Meg Ryan, or about Meg Ryan. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of Megs. Uh, that were going through my head, and it was not something called the Megalodon. Why didn't they name that movie the Megalodon? Yeah, why didn't you say just what it is, man? It sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. It sounds like a fucking Avenger movie. It does, like Ultron. Ultron. You could have been the first Ultron. Thanos. Megalodon. What a, what a missed opportunity there. Missed opportunity. Ah, well, t- we're going to talk about the babies of the Megalodon, Yay. but because they, they made the news, there's some discovery about this creature, but first I want to give a little bit of that background about this, the largest known predator to ever exist. So, okay, let's just jump right in. Uh, the name itself translates just to big tooth. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> to the point. <laughs> Literally. Uh, the teeth of this creature, now this creature dominated the oceans for a staggering 20 million years. The teeth of this shark are just the tip of a massive, bonkers deadly iceberg. Um, now we can piece together the life of the Megalodon thanks to the few remains that survived over the eons. And I would love to show you two pictures. Okay. Okay. Uh, the first is, of course... One of a big tooth. <laughs> and in the photo, on the left is a great white shark's tooth. And on the right is going to be the megalodon's tooth, okay? Okay. Okay, now, can you provide a wee bit of description for comparison? And yes, I promise these photos will be on our Instagram. Yes. At, well, that's interesting, Pod. But Mar- uh, Marissa's going to see it first. Oh, by the way, I'm Jill Chacha. Oh, yeah, that's- I'm Marissa. <laughs> Riley. We're just surviving. We're still alive. Here. We're still alive, <laughs> and we're pumped about these sharks. Okay, you ready for this big ass tooth? So ready. All right, All right give it to me. All right, there you go. So, okay. Oh my. All right. So <laughs> it's a person with two hands. Shocking. Yes. And they're they're holding both hands out. And in one hand, it looks like this person has a regular shark tooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, white on its own would be very intimidating. It fits in about the palm of your hand. Yeah. Um, It's got little spikies on it. Pretty fucking terrifying. However, it doesn't look terrifying in this photo because the other tooth in the other of this person's hands is like, it it, it actually does look like something from an Avengers movie. (laughs) Can you tell I've watched a lot of Avengers movies lately? Uh, And it's because it's like, one is white, the other is like this deep onyx color. 
yeah. black, scary little ripple lines going through it. Yeah. Multiple textures. And it is the size of this person's hand. Yeah. It is ten times the size of the other already scary looking shark tooth. Yeah. And you got to see this. It's it's like, it, it looks like it possesses the powers of the universe. It is terrifying. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, just look down at your hand and imagine your hand being a tooth. That's basically There it. you go. That's a much quicker way to describe it. <laughs> so, all right. You ready for the second photo? Yes. I'm because we're going to, now this is very close. We're going to pan back and you're going to see the, the full deck of teeth. Yeah. There you go. Holy shit. Okay. So. Where to begin? All right. Start at the middle. Let's start at the middle. So we've got a guy, a scientist. He's got a white lab coat. Adorable expression on his face. He is holding up in front of his face a shark jaw. Yeah. Uh, which, unlike a human jaw, it has a top and a bottom. So it kind of creates a circle. And inside of that jaw, you see the teeth. Yeah. So it's like a shark mouth yeah. with teeth. And mm-hmm. he's holding it. And it's... it it comfortably is about a little bit larger than the size of his face. So he yeah. can look straight through it. Yeah. Holding it up to his face. Yeah. Okay. So you pan back and then you see in front of him. A standing man. A full standing. A full standing man. Probably between five and six feet tall. In front of him is, I'm guessing, the Megalodon shark jaw. Yeah. And uh, he can comfortably stand in the middle of it with a few feet to spare. It is huge. It engulfs his entire body. Yeah. You can fit two or three of him in, uh, in this in his jaw. In the open jaws of this. Yeah, that's exactly right. The man we see here is Dr. Jeremiah Clifford. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, he specializes in fossil reconstruction. Uh, he's holding the jaws of a large great white shark to his face. Um, while standing in the reconstructed jaws of a megalodon, Amazing. Uh, he's fully engulfed, like you said, with room to spare. You could totally fit like two full grown ass human beings. You could fit us Stand, in there. Standing up. <laughs> standing up. Um, now, that one big ass tooth was uh, just one of 276 teeth within a set of jaws. Holy shit. Yeah. That one fully open had a diameter of about 9 feet by 11 feet wide. Now, uh, to put this into per- to perspective, the average ceiling height for a uh, an apartment in New York City is only eight feet. So it wouldn't even be able to open its mouth in the room we're in right now. That is incredible. That's but right. also makes me feel safe. Yeah. After the incident we just had, I'm like, at least it wasn't a, me- a, yeah. a megalodon with its mouth open. At the door, yeah. At the door. There you go. Optimism. <laughs> Optimism. There <laughs> so, you go. Uh, now, all sharks have two rows of teeth on the bottom jaw and two along the top, and Megalodon was no different. Uh, this shark's teeth, though, uh, they can grow up to seven inches. Wow. Um, now, basically, just imagine a mouth filled with 276 serrated kitchen knives, and mm. then you got yourself what the Megalodon's mouth looked like. Holy shit. Um, now, when one popped out, not a problem. We just grow a new one. Easy peasy. Um, that's right. And according to allthatsinteresting.com, a shark regrew a set of teeth, quote, every one to two weeks and could produce somewhere between 20,000 and 40,000 teeth in a lifetime. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there's a lot of these teeth. Yeah. Just falling out. 
Just nasty. In the world, yeah. I want one. Yeah, exactly. And because of this, <laughs> because of this little trick, uh, teeth are the most common megalodon fossil. Uh, scientists, like we said, can gather a lot of info just from a tooth, including the force of its bite. Ooh. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, force is measured in Newtons, uh, named after good old Isaac Newton, of mm. course. So one Newton has the weight or the pressure of, like, say, a quarter of a pound or, like, a cooked hamburger in the palm of your hand. That's what okay. it feels like. That's one Newton. All right. Hamburger. Okay. Yeah. One hamburger. It doesn't hurt. You can totally handle that force against us, right? Totally. So would you do the honor of reading from all that's interesting.com? I would love to. All right. Let's do it. Quote, uh, the average human's bite force is around um, 1,317 newtons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the megalodon's bite force clocked in somewhere between 108,000 514 and 182,201 newtons, uh, giving them a bite powerful enough to crush a car. There you go. There you go. Um, (laughs) Not only is the gravity, what I said, incredible, um, but I also nailed those numbers. You did. I did. I took them slow, you know? Take it slow because... We're crushing a car with someone's mouth. Yeah. So if you've ever seen a car crushed at like a depot, that was just, you know. It's just a bite. That was just what it was. Mm. Uh, So I know what you're all thinking. What the fuck did this thing eat? Okay. Glad you asked. It's estimated that a megalodon shark uh, shark ate up to a literal ton a day. Over 2,000 pounds of food. uh, Taking a literal huge bite out of baleen whales, and humpbacks. Um, Already giant. Already giant. For appetizers, they ate dolphins, seals, and smaller sharks, I assume, like popcorn. Um, Now, whales are massive and extremely nimble. They're fast swimmers. They're also fucking brilliant. So how did the megalodon pursue and take down these prey? Um, And if you said in the worst, most troubling way possible, you're right. I like how I've been biting my lip yeah. after you uh, compared sharks to popcorn yes. for this thing. I've been like, <laughs> I've been like chewing my hangnails like, oh my God. I was wondering what that wet noise was. <laughs> <laughs> the mic probably picks it up just like. <laughs> so that's um, me freaking out. Would you like to read further from allthatsinteresting.com about the worst, most troubling way it hunted? To be honest, no, but I will read it. I am nervous. I will read it, though. Um, All right, quote, death. (laughs) That's the first word of the quote. Death, uh, when a megalodon attacked, did not come quickly. Some researchers say that the megalodon strategically hunted the whales it devoured by first eating their flippers or tails to make it harder for the injured animal to escape. That's mean. It's very mean. The quote ended. Sorry. That's yeah. mean. <laughs> that's, that's mean. It's very, it's, it's, it's just terrible. Wow. It's just, right, you know? Evil power. But yeah. It has so much power. So much power. Damn. Um, and you don't become a 110,000 pound, that's how much it weighed, 110,000 pound <sighs> maniacal killer overnight. You start training early, and I mean very early, like in the womb early, by first eating your siblings before 
y'all are even born. No! (laughs) That is maniacal AF. That is fucked up. Yeah, man. This is... This is just what it was like. Um, now, the megalodon baby sharks start off just gestating in eggs stored inside their mom. Okay. And whoever... <laughs> I know. I'm waiting to see where it all goes wrong. Okay. And whoever hatches first has the privilege of eating the other eggs. Great. That's right. In utero cannibalism uh, is a great way for an embryo to be nourished. And it's called a ophagy or egg-eating it's an all-around calorie bomb that helps a shark pup grow into the six-foot newborn it was meant to be. My mouth is wide open. <laughs> yeah. There are so many things you said in that sentence yeah. that I want to use as the name for my next all-female punk band. Yeah. Uh, specifically, in utero cannibalism, mm. uh, shark pup, and egg eater. Yeah, I would love all of those. Those could be tracks. Just let it, just put it all in there. I'm going to, yeah. I, I never thought I'd be a musician, but now, I don't think I have a choice now. <laughs> you found your calling. I found my calling. Also, this is crazy. Yes. <laughs> they're eating their, their siblings. Yeah. They're unborn siblings. As an unborn sibling. I can't even yeah, handle it. As uh, their first meal. So, damn. Yeah. Uh, I believe... In utero cannibalism is still something left over today in some sharks. So, uh, but we're we're talking six foot baby pups right now. Yeah, so. but this is all happening inside inside the mom. So those cramps are happening. Yay! Yeah, and to think I complain. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> so, uh, so how do we know that a megalodon pup is nearly twice the size of most adult sharks on Earth now? Uh, quote: Shark vertebrae grow outward in layers that can be read like tree rings in order to determine age. Researchers took x-rays of a particular megalodon spinal column that showed 26 growth, growth rings, meaning the shark was about 26 old, 26 years old when it died. Uh, researchers then, working backwards to the earliest ring, showed that the shark was six and a half feet long at birth. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this, let's see, where are we? This growth ring examination also showed that megalodons likely took time to grow humongous in the womb, as opposed to experiencing a growth spurt in its youth. As a, yeah, as a result, the megalodon was born an apex predator that didn't have to compete for food or fear predators, even as a young shark, end quote, allthatsinteresting.com. So they just come out, here I am. Yeah. Ready to fucking murder some shit. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just ready born. to go. They're, they're born and ready to go. They already had some practice. That's right. That, it's the opposite of like when a little baby deer is like wobbling around. It is the opposite of that. Or a, or a baby human just not doing anything for Everything we know, as, as what you think a baby is, is the complete opposite of that. It's a baby with very short, it's just a six-foot cannibal baby. You've officially ruined the cute little <laughs> baby shark, the animated baby shark I had in my head. Well, you know, that's what we do here. <laughs> there we go. We murder dreams. That's right. Put it on a mug. Put it on a mug. Uh, right out of the gate, 
like we said, or vagina, if you will, uh, these sharks <laughs> meant business. And sure, they're already six feet long, but they have a lot of growing up to do. Um, males grow anywhere between, or I should say grew anywhere between 34 to 47 feet in length. Um, and to put some things in proportion, according to shark expert Peter Kimley, uh, if today's great white swam beside a male megalodon, uh, the great white shark would be about the same size as you guessed it, its penis. No! <laughs> That's wild. So, uh, also some good news. Uh, female megalodons were bigger than the males, uh, growing up to 60 feet in length, or nearly half the size of the Statue of Liberty from foot to head. Fuck yeah. That's right. Fuck yeah. I love okay, it. They were. Now, they were very much top of the food chain and their reign spanned from about 23 million to three and a half million years ago so that 20 million span so what happened um well it looks like the only thing that could stop them was the earth itself oh yeah about three million years ago central america and south america fused together preventing the warmer waters of the pacific from flowing into the atlantic ocean temperatures around the globe changed and the massive, cold-blooded shark whose entire existence and evolution surrounding, you know, eating yeah. couldn't adapt to the cooling temperatures. Oh, no. And this beast wasn't alone. Uh, about a third of large marine mammals perished at this time. So the colder waters and fewer whales may have been the combo to do them in. Uh, Dana... Dana... Ert? Ert? Ert. Ert. Like Ert. Uh, a curator of paleobiology at the New Jersey State Museum summed it up pretty well. Quote, the Meg, hey, hey. the Meg might have gotten too big for its own good and the food resources weren't there anymore. So basically it was really chilly yeah. and really uh, the buffet was closed. There you go. There um, you go. I get it. Yeah, man. I would also go extinct <laughs> if I was cold and no more seamless. Didn't no, no more Grubhub or no, food delivery. No, <laughs> don't take it away from me. <laughs> you know, they had a good run, man. They had twenty million years. Uh, again, perspective. Us modern humans, we've only been around for like two hundred thousand years. Yeah, and they had twenty million years. Damn, that's a lot of buffets. That's a lot of buffets. It's a lot of seamless. Ah, speaking of modern humans, um, zoo chimps. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, zoo chimps uh, were seen doing a conga line, and that may reveal how we evolved to dance. And we'll, we're, we're going to see some dancing chimps after the break. Fuck yeah, we are. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, everyone. Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? 
Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Hi gang, Devin Keast here to tell you about the Small T Podcast. Each week I sit down with some of my favorite comedians as we catch up over a cup of tea. And you're invited to join us. Past guests have included Mary Mack, Ian Lara, Michael Palasek, and Beth Stelling. I've even had the privilege of sitting down with Marissa Riley. With new episodes every Sunday, listen to Small Tea wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms, so when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. We are still alive. So alive. We're still alive. Uh, and we got a text from our landlord, John, who just wanted to make sure the heat was on. Yes. So Very nice. Really nice. Very nice. Like he's like the opposite of a serial killer. He's yeah. so nice. He left us wine uh, for Christmas. Yeah. And in the best way, he didn't knock on the door. He just left it. By the door, for he didn't us. knock that fucking time. He just, yeah, <laughs> this was the time he knocked. <laughs> Maybe we were gone when he did that. I can't remember. Uh, uh, you also heard a uh, an amazing preview from the amazing Devin Keast. Devin so. Keast is awesome. We were comedians together for a long time, and now he has a badass podcast called That's Small right. Tea, where he has tea. With really good comedians and also me. Right. <laughs> so, and okay ones <laughs> like me. Um, but yeah, you should check it out. Check it out. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so now we're also going to leave the terrifying ancient ocean for a modern day St. Louis. How does that sound? That sounds fun. That sounds great. Funsies. Uh, that's right. Here at the St. Louis Zoo, there's two closely bonded female chimpanzees named Holly and Bakari. Holt. Pause. Yeah. Closely bonded females? You got it. That's right. how they... Yeah, we're going to, you know, no pun intended, dance around things, but there's two closely bonded females named Holly and Bakari. I'm yeah. just going to state the obvious <laughs> to make myself feel comfortable, but it sounds like these uh, chimps are lezzing out, man. <laughs> we can say that because we're gay. Okay, oh, yeah, so we're so gay. Oh, my up. gosh. Heads up. That would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it sounds like they're lousy now. Fuck yeah. So, yeah. And they're dancing. So they're having, they're having a, a good time. And yeah. So, uh, I would like to show you a super short video of Holly and Bakari doing their thing. And if you could describe their behavior, uh, y'all can also follow along on YouTube. Just search 
chimp BFFs doing conga line. Mm-hmm. Okay, and pulling it up right now. If you could, it's very short. It's about eight seconds. Okay. What do you see? Okay. Oh my, oh my god. <laughs> it is, um, I have to say, it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> they are, okay. One more time? One more time, just okay. for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, will, we will put this, make this very available. They are so cute. Okay, so it's two chimps. Not, not, you know, not lesson out in the way I thought, but <laughs> Jesus, they're, they're, uh, does it make you uncomfortable when I say that? Okay. No. <laughs> um, so they're standing, one is standing in front, one is standing right behind the other one. Yeah. And they're both like walking forward, but using the same foot at the same time, like yeah. as if their feet were like almost attached. Yeah. And they're just kind of like taking one step at a time together. Yeah. Well, standing really close, <laughs> yeah. and it is the sweetest thing. Yeah, it's pretty really uh, great. Yeah, my spirit will be sustained for, like, <laughs> the next four hours, which in quarantine time is, like, eight weeks. Exactly. So. Yeah, so if you need to cleanse your spirit timeline, Chimps, Chimp BFF's doing conga line on YouTube is pretty great. So great. Yeah, so like we said, they're moving in tandem. Uh, joined together, I don't know if you noticed, they were, like, holding a blanket or a towel also. Oh, I didn't notice that. Very interesting. Uh, That kind of like joined them together in a way. But before we talk about the how and like the maybe why behind all this, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the background between Holly and Bakari. I I will talk about that all day. (laughs) So uh, now we're going to quote from the study itself. Uh, The study is called Couple... Uh, coupled whole body rhythmic entrainment between two chimpanzees. Okay, and this is over at nature.com. That is a very complicated title. Uh, And then when you read it, the researchers really go out of their way not to avoid this as dancing because dancing is a human thing. And they want to be like independent as possible. So there's like so many fancy ways to imply dancing without saying the word dancing. There's like synchronous bipedalism or like whole body rhythmic whole body rhythmic entrainment oh my god (laughs) so that is hilarious there's a lot of a lot of fancy shit going on but here we go from the study about these two ladies okay okay so quote the two females have the same age and were both born in 1998 Mm. two weeks apart although at different zoos both were transferred to the st louis zoo one day apart when they were less than four months old. Oh, so they've been friends for a while. That's right. And uh, the mothers accompanied neither transfer. Oh my gosh, so they only had each other. There you go. Ah. The behavior exhibited by Holly and Bakari may have developed at the St. Louis Zoo, where the two females have lived throughout virtually all their lives. Um, although the exact timing of the behavior's inception is uncertain, end quote. Hmm. Yeah, so like you said, very tiny baby Holly and Bakari shared a lot in common. Their age, being transferred to a brand new facility at barely four months, and being separated from their moms. Oh, they have so much I know. <laughs> to relate to each other with. Oh my god. I know. And although living with six other chimps in their conservatory, it's understandable they took an adorable liking and a special attachment to each other. Would, would you like to read exactly? I would love to. Their attachment. Oh, I would really love to. Okay, quote, 
as adults, Holly and Bakari socialize with all the other um, all the other members of their group and behave like chim- like the chimpanzees they are. But there are still times when the two best friends seek each other out for uh, the familiar tactile comf- uh, comfort they offer each other. Uh, the zoo's public relations director, Susan Gallagher, said to local news outlet KSDK. There you go. So what is this familiar tactile comfort that she's speaking of? Well, the video you just saw was one of 23 videos analyzed. And all of these videos were made by visitors to the zoo between 2011 and 2015. And the same exact behavior was documented each time. Uh, Holly would take the lead by walking forward and Bakari would be right up behind her. uh, And the study describes them as thus. So it's very technical. Yeah. Here we go. Quote, by the first or second step, individuals were in phase and synchronous. Synchrony was maintained even when walking over large obstacles, such as a fallen log or when making a turn of 180 degrees. Very technical. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I know. Uh, Individuals individuals typically collected some object before engaging in the behavior, namely a blanket or a bundle of straw. The front individual held objects with both hands, whereas the hind individual used only their right hand and maintained contact with the front individual with her left hand. Individuals were always within a few centimeters from each other. Individuals occasionally paused the behavior and then resumed it, taking with them the same objects in the same original direction, end quote. I like how, just how technical technical. this is. And I was just like, (laughs) They're hanging out together. Hanging like, out <laughs> they're just, they're dancing. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a super long way to say they formed a fucking conga line. They formed a fucking conga line. <laughs> it's cute as hell. I don't think it's Leslie now, but they are BFFs. Totally. Till the end. <laughs> ride or die. <laughs> they're, they're. Ride or die conga line. Ride or die conga line. We need, please, if you're an artist. We need to see a ride or die conga line art- artistic re- representation. I would love that. I would die for that. <laughs> I I would ride or die for that. I would. Oh my god! I hate myself. I'll um, <laughs> podcast over. Goodbye. Yeah, man. So they clearly form a little two chimp conga line, and it's very similar to like what you see on a dance floor at a wedding. Yeah. But you know they're not wasted. They're just like just. They're not hammered chimps. They're just, Bokari is following in like perfect motion with Holly step for step. It's really, really cute and totally in rhythm. Okay, so what does this all like mean from a scientific standpoint? You know, okay, now would you like to read from gizmodo.com? I would love to. Okay, quote, um, it's likely that the dance arose as a coping behavior for the two chimps. While they were eventually accepted into the family at the zoo, uh, both chimps were deprived of their mothers and a healthy environment earlier in their lives, uh, which can obviously affect both humans and non-human primates pretty dramatically. Uh, Being so closely bonded, the synchronized swaying might have been a stress reliever, much like a baby sucking its thumb. Oh my God! I know. So it's like dancing or moving to relieve stress and to forget your problems, man. And I think that's totally relatable. That is so relatable <laughs> yeah. to dance with your friend, 
dance with a partner. That's right. Just having fun. Just like doing something kooky and whatever. Because you have mommy issues. That's so (laughs) totally (laughs) right. Oh my God. So yeah, man, the researchers think we probably did this too, like 200,000 years ago. Quote, our analysis show a first case, uh, our analysis show the first case of spontaneous whole body entrainment between two ape peers, thus providing tentative empirical evidence for human dance. Human proto-dance, we argue, may have been rooted in mechanisms of social cohesion among small groups that may have granted stress-relieving benefits via gait synchrony and mutual touch. Again, it's fucking dance, but that's the word they use. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, an external sound musical beat may have been initially uninvolved. End quote. So in the question, which came first, the chicken or the egg, the music or the dancing, in this case, the dancing came first. But much more needs to be researched on this really fun topic. Yes, I love this topic. <laughs> also, you do not need music to dance. No, man. Um, I dance. We both dance when we hear uh, the seamless call. <laughs> So you can dance to that. You can dance, um, yeah, to uh, yeah. food delivery. Food delivery. We do it all the time. At literally every day. There you go. Because we're in quarantine. That's right. It's fine. Anyways, yeah. that was awesome. That was great. Uh, we're still alive. Um, yeah, man. Uh, okay, I gotta say, stop saying that. But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Subscribe. Humans. Yeah, yeah, humans. Subscribe. <laughs> Email us interesting things at well, it's interesting pod at gmail.com. Fuck yeah. Check out uh, Small Tea with Devin Keast. Yeah, absolutely. That's all I have. That's all we have. And most importantly, stay interesting. Please do.